Welcome back to the Doc Talk podcast. I'm my name is Chris, alongside my good friend Darren Kryle. Darren, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. How about yourself, man? Good, man. Good. I'm very excited, very stoked to have our special guest. We've got Hale Abels from AP Sport Fishing. How's it going, everyone? Glad good, to be good. Here. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Excellent. Hell, good to see you, man. It's it been uh, been probably a couple weeks since I last saw you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple weeks, you know, in between yeah. trips, a little parking lot talk here and there. I was right. actually going to say, it's it's the couple-week time frame, which is the perfect time to get started fishing. It's that time of the year. It is, yeah. We've been uh, doing our local trips, all half days, three-quarter days, things like that. Various rockfish-type fishing, a little bit of game fish mixed in, Um Everything's looking good for a good season. The local fishery seems to be pretty fun. The bassing, we're just kind of firing up, which I do love a good bass day. Lo- I love bass a good day, bass you know? day. Go anchor up in the kelp on an afternoon half day. I don't think there's anything better. That's classic San Diego fishing right there. Well, oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your boat, um, name of the boat, name of the... Yeah, so the charter operation is under AP Sport Fishing. stands for Able's Pacific, Able's Pacific Sport Fishing. Um, the boat name is the Jerry A., it's a 47-foot Dale Jeffries. Uh, pretty large, wide layout. It's got a like a 14-and-a-half beam. Large bait tank in the back. We sleep a full six with a, along with two crew bunks. Um, four up in our V-berth. And then we have a stateroom with four bunks in there as well. So we can do anything up to a day-and-a-half trips. We do have a few two days on the books. Those are a little bit more customizable trips. Fishing that larger stuff. You know, our, our biggest thing with those long trips are... Um, bait capacity we have we yeah we have a a large dual-sided bait tank we were thinking about putting in you know a slammer slash another and and fish hold but projects add up and (laughs) that got pushed to the side this time and bait is a is a huge cost so we're just with that single one right now do a lot of local trips mostly overnights for our overnight type of stuff Darren, good, good I've boat. been fortunate enough to fish a couple tricks trips on this boat. The platform is unbelievable. Really? Oh yeah. You just look at a picture, and hell, you must be fired up to get that boat. Yeah, yeah. I um, I put the word out through a couple close buddies. You know, you don't want to say you're doing something before and have everyone right. find out and then not follow through. I put the word out that I was looking for a boat and kind of searching, and I kind of you know tire kicked on a few and lost my opportunity, and then. Good friend Nick, who Chris knows as well, he sent me, and I was like, I'm buying it. So I <laughs> gave up the ring and tried to get down there that day, and I went the soonest day I could. I just put a deposit on and started the process. Yeah, it's nice, it's large, huge bow. I mean, where's where's the boat originally from? The boat it was made in Marina del Rey. Okay, and then it was it's actually it's got a pretty bitchin' backstory on it. So it was made in Dur- Marina del Rey. Um, it was originally 35 feet. The pr- the original owner. Spacing on his name here. You know, I've read up on my notes and they all go. <laughs> we all do head, it, man. We right? all do it. So uh, the original owner had it. He had it in San Diego Bay. It was called the Fighting Lady. Um, he was kind of a private boater pioneer of well, fishing's good at fifty miles. Why can't I go hundred miles? If it's good at hundred miles, why can't I go to two hundred miles? Right. It's made multiple trips to Guadalupe and other areas. Really. Um, the previous owner before me, Jake, he took it on a trip for Salta Crew all the way down to Mag Bay. There's a video on that. You can see the boat. <clears throat> He's now got another boat for with his with his charter operation. That's who I purchased it off of. And in the mid to late '80s, it got extended to the size it is now. Um, it's solid mahogany all the way through. Glass over ply boat. 
twin diesel Cummins. It's had a couple, I think this is the fourth pair of engines it's had in it. Oh, okay. So it's definitely had a lot of um, upgrades and changes throughout throughout the uh, the years, but it's it's a pretty sweet platform, man. We have a huge bow on it. If you want to go fish Yellowtail or cast the jig, I don't think there's any other bo- better bow. I mean, really? I might be a little biased, but I think people <laughs> back me up on that one. That's awesome. The Yellowtail are really hitting right now, too. It's crazy. Early season bite going on. Yeah, up at San Clemente Island, looks like there's some stuff. You know, the islands are starting to warm up. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but hopefully a little later. But there was good yeah. fishing in La Jolla yesterday. Tried to keep that stuff a little bit quiet. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had really good fishing in really shallow water, which was fun, you know, right in the kelp. Five fathoms water shallower than I would like to be normally, but they were right. all big grade. But that's where they're at right now. Yeah, one went 39, the other went 42. It's good grade fish. Good grade fish. Yeah, in good, La Jolla. Good, good grade. Home fish. guard. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Mean. Yeah. M- mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem to get mean over there for some reason. All, yeah. All yellowtail are mean, to be honest. Yeah, like, man, they're they're the best. I I can't I can't complain catching them. So Hale, you're running, you know, more frequently right now um, in March as we're recording this podcast. What are you kind of seeing in your eyes? Like, what, uh, what, how's the season shaping up to be? Well, you know, we haven't been able to poke offshore yet, but local-wise, our temps are good. Our fishing's good. Our, our rock fishing's steady. We're having usually limits or close to limits of reds with, you know, the rest of the rockfish limit being filled. Um, there's a lot of bait in the water, but not too much where you're like, oh man, this is just gonna be everything's baited up. Right. We did see a couple threshers splashing around. It's just looking more like a classic San Diego fishery compared to like the last five to six years, you know, where it's really warm. Mm-hmm. Um, kelp growth is starting to come back, it seems a little bit. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah. And you know, the bass are biting. Like this is the water's cold, it's sixty degrees, but the bass are biting. There's so much chovy on the beach right now, it's like Mm-hmm. You don't even need to bring bring a big big thing of bait with you. You can set it up, and those balls of chovy come through, and they fire that bait, that, those bass up. So it's it's turning to be a good year. And we did uh, we have been talking to some other people, and I think a couple four packs have already got on. There's some bluefin in range, and mm-hmm. yeah, those overnight boats are going to be definitely getting on a hit here soon. I think it's going to be another repeat of last year's preseason stuff of. Flight flatfall fishing close to home yep. on the, uh, in the beginning of the season and then having them move up. If it's anything like last year where we had that 50 to 70-pound average fish, I'll be stoked. Like oh. I'll be oh, stoked yeah. anyways. As long as we're getting off the dock, I don't care. I'm I'm here because I like fishing, right? Exactly. But uh, that stuff is just – it's big enough for customers to pull in a couple of them or small enough for customers to pull in a couple of them, big so enough for them to get stoked on. You brought up Bluefin, and, and we ask every guest on this on this podcast – what do you think is going to be the biggest bluefin caught on a sport boat this year? Any boat. Oh, high Any threes boat. if over fours. There's definitely been f- – I, I shouldn't say definitely. I do think there's been fish over four so that's caught, see, like that's commercial-wise. The, like, that, there's no – there's if it's, there's a 380-pound fish there, in one little feeding cycle, that fish can get up over 400 pretty quick. It just depends. I mean, think about it. You know, we were fishing – you seem to be on the same page as everybody else. That's a consensus. Yeah. Someone's going to catch a 400-pounder this year. And I don't know um, I don't know if it's us learning how to fish these fish better or the progression of the same stock of fish getting bigger and bigger every year, which it seems like. Yeah, that, I'm sure have, that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, we all have our opinions and ideas. I'm by far 
no way in hell a scientist or know any of that stuff, but <laughs> that's, that's just fallen patterns. It's getting a little larger, a little bigger. Um, our techniques and ideas of how to catch these fish and are becoming more proficient. So it's, uh, it, I think it will happen. I think, over I, the I think happen. so too. I just don't want it to be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. you on that one. It's uh big fish is fun. It's super fun. It's a lot more than people think. It's I yes. relate it. I don't know if you hunt or whatever, but it's like big game hunting. You know, you got to put the time in, put the effort in, and it's at the end of it, you look back and you're like, "That was awesome." Yeah. Sometimes during the fact of fishing, it's like this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, I I do have a pig hunt coming up uh, Easter weekend. Oh, I am jealous. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to get out there. I'm big time jealous on that. I haven't been able to get into go pig hunting here in the last few years, but. Pastor Robles, is where yeah. we're going. That's well, where I. That's where I went up last. It's because you want a boat ago. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exact, yeah. yeah. I. Uh, I had There's a cancel. No more, no more having fun now. No, I had to cancel a few waterfowl trips this year. I bought a trailer for waterfowl. Didn't get to use that much. We were in the middle of boat work and all that other stuff, and stayed busy through like you know the fall and winter season. So. So you're a waterfowler too, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I've been a waterfowler for probably the past three years, always hitting up Whistler or San Jacinto, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine who I just started working for or working with, I guess you could say, has a lease up in Marysville. Oh, yeah. You got to go. Oh, dude. It was Target Rich. That's we awesome. were two-man limits in two hours. That's so awesome. <laughs> I was like, what? We're already done? Yeah. I'm used to spending all day in the blind. Yeah. You're pretty <laughs> close to Sand Jack right here. Yeah, Man, exactly. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. Well, I hunt Worcester a lot. I have my trailer right there right across the street. I don't keep it at Worcester, but I keep it on the nice. private property across the street. Yeah. Well, Hill, before we get too much further in, you're a waterfowler. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was born in Palm Desert. Went to elementary school out there. My parents, you know, wanted to beat the heat like every other desert rat family is. We uh, purchased a, a little trailer on the beach in Lucadia and soon made it our perma- permanent residence. Grew up in Encinitas, fishing spotties and surf fishing and trout fishing with my dad and Bass fishing, all the all the golf course ponds that we could get onto in the desert and all that stuff, and it just kind of progressed. My dad was big into the sport boats. I mean, kind of my earliest memories were taking him and dropping him off and picking him up. Um, he did a lot of those longer range trips. I have some cool photos from back in the day of holding, you know, big yellowtail from down south. They were taller than me, and <laughs> seeing some of his yellowfin and getting it canned and stuff like that. Um, and then it just kind of, it progressed. I went to school for a little bit. Quickly realized that accounting was not going to be that spot for me. Accounting? Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was taking a couple of courses there, and I was like, I could do this. And then it, I was like, yeah, no, it's 80 <laughs> degrees in San Diego. I'm living in San Francisco at the moment, and all my friends are whacking fish. I might as well just skip the finals and go home. <laughs> yeah. That didn't go over too well with the parentals. Quickly got into the industry or, or full-time in the industry that way. Um, gathered as much sea time as I possibly could. And got my license, started working in, you know, filling in on boats on the fishing side, but mostly private yachts, maintenance, um, bay charters, deliveries, things like that, which was really good. It, it gave me a lot of experience on a lot of different systems, um, a lot of different areas that you had to take boats and maneuver boats in. And then for and then I, I picked up a pretty much full-time gig in the fishing side of it. I think that was always my goal was to stay in the fishing side, but I'm not going to turn away work, right? Mm-hmm. Got a full-time gig on another six-pack operation, 
and then was all um, that runs out of Dana Landing. I worked for them for about four to five years. Stepped away, got hired on a private private yacht to run that one, and then made the leap to buy my boat. Mm-hmm. I was I was ready to go back to fishing and be my own boss. How stressed were you? <laughs> uh man. That's or, a big or are you? Uh, yeah. How stressed are you? <laughs> you know what? I like it, and I. I, you know, oh, you, talk, you talk about um, your business ideas with your close family and friends, and it quickly became like I quickly realized that the only way I was going to be successful was to get something like a little bit over my head and have to challenge myself. Yeah, I got bored running other people's boats, not you know, not being able to make all the calls to do the stuff like maintenance wise and things mm-hmm. like that, and not having the stress. It was kind of I was getting complacent. Complacency is the death of everyone. So yes, I had to go yes, challenge myself. And the only way to do that was to go full force, you know, and take everything, put it in. And if I fail, I fail. If not, great. And I didn't. We made it through the first year. <laughs> if yeah. we'll make it through this year, we can make it through another one. You know, f- I think fishing and restaurants have um, are very similar. And, you know, if you can make it through one year, you're going to make it through more. Yeah. Make it through two, I- you're going to be around. I can see the comparison. That's a, that's a actually a really good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, there's stressful moments for sure. You know, boats are boats. They have issues, especially when it's an old boat. You know, there's a lot of things that are on there that go, aka wires. Yeah. That go that <laughs> don't go anywhere. We just got out of the the yard. Um, we spent 18 days in there doing a pretty large retrofit to the boat for our steering system and some other systems and cleaned up a lot of the electrical and everything and this is not saying the previous owner didn't take care of it it's just old boat 40 year you know yeah. it's made in 1968 yeah 40 year old boat so there's a lot of things on it that needed to be updated and changed and we did a lot but in the grand scheme of things it's just a fraction of it yeah, yeah exactly yeah that there's some stress to that definitely a learning curve well how did that first year turn out for you first year was great man we did uh ooh, what was it? i think we did 172 72 trips, so we do half wow. days, so that's not 172 days. Our overall days was about 140. I ran every trip besides one. I had an obligation I could not get out of. but uh, That's pretty impressive, though. 140 yeah. your first year. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that was a I, – I said if I could do 100, 100 days, you know, mm. you're being all right. You do 150, you're doing well. So we were right mm. around there. Right. Um. It was nice. It was yeah. cool. You know, at the end of it, I thought I was going to have this big winter off. I didn't, which is fine. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I need to stay occupied. I dumped all of my money back into the boat. That's what you got to do. I mean, this is... Reinvest. This is my business. This I want it to stay around. I want it to be, you know, fruitful. Yep. And I want my customers to enjoy the boat. Like, it's... Yeah. You don't keep... You don't keep the boat nice, you know, for... For yourself, you keep the boat nice for when people walk up. They're like, "Wow, that's yeah. what that's what I'm keeping for is the reaction." Yeah, you want exactly. to step on there, look at it, be happy that they're paying money to come on your boat, and that you're running a good operation. Yeah. So, yeah, the first year couldn't have gone any better. Tons of learning, learning mm-hmm. curves. You know, I that's the best thing about this industry is the best and worst. Every day is different, so yeah. you know it's yeah. a double-edged sword. But you, it's a constant learning curve. So that transition from just solely running the boat all the way up to ownership, it's been pretty good for you. Yeah, it was. You know, I had a little bit of experience because I was managing mm-hmm. some other boats and taking care of the maintenance side for that. So I knew, like, 
you got to get it done, you might as well just do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of um, trial and error on other <clears throat> on other projects, so I had a general idea how to do most stuff, and it's turned out all right. I got a awesome deckhand. His name's Steve Lee. He was wor he'd worked in the industry for six years. He worked on the Fortune for a little bit with the previous owner before um, Jeff Walker bought it, and then he uh, he worked on the Mission Bell for all those years as well. Wow. Um, so he has he's a great deckhand. He makes the trip side of things and customer service side of things a no-brainer where I can focus on trying to find fish and, and uh, you know, do my side of the job. It's really great when you have not only a good crew, but that one guy that it's almost like your second, your, your second ticket where he takes care of everything else while you go and, you know, focus on finding fish. Yeah. That's ultimately what you're good at. Yeah, absolutely. And, um... I'm a hothead. He's not. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a good it's a good mix, and he knows when to just kind of walk away, and I can you know right have like my personal tantrum. But uh, he, yeah, it's good, man. It's a good fit. I enjoy hanging out with him. We actually met at a duck club, and you know, a couple years ago, and I gave him my card because I was doing delivery stuff. I was like, "You ever need work, dude? Give me a call." And about I was sitting in a goose blind up north right before I closed on the boat, and now he's like, "Hey, I'm ready to like." step away from the operation of the matter. I want to do something different. I need a little fresh up. I was like, oh, perfect timing, bud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? perfect. And I got to give it to him. This is a little shout out for him. You know, he trusted me to step away from his guaranteed work to come work for me, and that was pretty cool. Like, I told him I was honest with him. Hey, man, I'll keep you as busy as I can, but I don't know how this first year is going to be. If we book trips, we do. You'll be the first one to get them. If not, you, you can stay at – you know, your, your other operation. And he took the leap of faith and we were more than busy. Him and I were definitely a little wiped That's out awesome. there at the end of the year. That's perfect. That's cool, man. So what, um, I know you, you mentioned that you're doing local trips right now, but then you also extend out to the multi-day trips and all that stuff. What's, what's your bread and butter? Oh man, <laughs> bread and butter. Well, I, I guess, guess, I guess we would have two different types, right? So right. like, we fish a lot of local stuff, and how our season kind of broke down last year, and this is only one season to base it off of, so we'll, right. we don't have a whole years of experience of it. But um, we did our weekdays where we were doing a lot of local half and three-quarter days, which I dig, man. I don't care what mm -hmm. anyone says. I like rock fishing. I like bass fishing. There is game fish to be, on, to be had on the beach, especially when offshore is going off. Mm -hmm. You guys can go run for your fish. I'll stay on the beach. I don't mind it. Yeah. But, boy, oh, boy, do I love overnight trips. <laughs> the overnight trips are badass. Um, we had some incredible fishing on it. I think it gives uh, our customers a really good, honest shot at what our fishery, our offshore fishery is. You know, that, that full-day fleet, we're pretty much fishing in the overnight range. You know, we're fishing yeah. 50 mm -hmm. to 70 miles in a 12-hour trip. We're not a super fast boat. We go the same speed as, as the sport boats, you know, nine knots. Right. But, I mean, it can go faster, but I'm not trying to blow my boat up. But uh, <laughs> Or run all, all that fuel through it. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the full day fishing is fun. Don't get me wrong. Our yeah. six to six trips are great. If you want to book one, you only have time for it. You're going to get on fish. We're going to put you on fish, but it's kind of like a hustle for it. For the overnight trip, you get on, you hang out with your buddies. We go load bait drink some beers. We leave about an hour and a half to two hours earlier than most sport boats. 
when we leave around like seven thirty, eight o'clock, we have a quick turnaround time from our, our earlier day trip. And, uh, that way we have our time to get down to that range and get in there and spend some time in the, in the early morning looking around. So then we get as far as we possibly can work our way home. And those trips turned out great. You know, a couple large bluefin on the, on the overnight, you know, over a hundred pounds, uh, type stuff and triple digits. That's all yeah, that matters. Triple digits. Right. And then we had a l- really good flats fishing or Dorado fishing on some of that stuff and good bluefin fishing when it was up near cat before it got real crowded and crazy and when that stuff was straight out oh <laughs> shit we we're doing we we're doing ha- half day bluefin fishing too which is ridiculous oh yeah that's return customers right there yeah yeah actually <laughs> half day bluefin actually we they're coming back yeah we've, we've got a few of them booked on overnights this year already we got one guy booked on a two day coming up and not coming up but in in august and that's going to be a strictly big fish fishery like i mentioned before our two day trips are more of a Call me. We'll customize them, figure them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you mentioned that you uh, were on a private yacht at one point. Yeah. Was that a, a private yacht that was chartered? No, 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 no. So it was just for a private owner's. Uh, gotcha. Forty-five Hatteras. Um, that's a nice boat. Yeah. It yeah, a, it is. It, it was a cool boat. Uh, it was good. It makes a big difference to have a good relationship with your yacht owner. Yep. Mine ended in about a year. Right when my contract was up. <laughs> yeah, was, but that was right when I bought my boat, too. So like, right. I made the decision to, to step away. I could have stayed and tried to juggle both, but it wouldn't have been fair to him. Right. What am I going to do? Like, oh, you want to go fishing? Sorry, I'm on my boat. But thanks for that month pay you just gave me. That's not honest. I wasn't right. going to do that to him. So he, uh, I, don't, I gave him some names for some other people. I don't know if he ended up hiring someone else or whatnot. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's going to be, I mean... Owning the yacht and having someone running it, I mean, that thought's got always got to be in your head. This guy can leave at any time. What am I going to do for another captain? What am I going to, I mean, I mean, you, you you said you did sign a contract, though, right? I, we didn't you? sign a contract. That's why no. I was, yeah. Well, oh, wow. Which, maybe that would say anything on here, but you, <laughs> sorry, buddy, you're a businessman. You should have known to sign a contract. Yeah. He was, <laughs> just, he was a little disgruntled when I ended it. I, I offered to put one in place. You didn't want to. one thing that uh, I, I, I can't... Uh, I, I can't blame somebody for wanting to better, better themselves. Yeah, that's man. all there is to it. That's I've got em- employees that I that I have, and they all know. Hey, if you if you can better yourself, have at it, dude. No, absolutely. Why would no, you ever want to hinder anyone's anyone's yeah. success? And that's not saying he did it in any which way. I think he was just caught off guard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boat's a badass boat. He's got a sweet platform. Nice. He should have no problem having fun on that thing. Trust yeah, me. That yeah, thing, exactly. That thing cruises at 35 knots. There's it, probably a, a, a line waiting to get on that boat to, to run it for. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, yeah. I would take it. I know a handful of guys, if they weren't busy, they'd probably take it in a heartbeat. Right. The problem is, not saying that if you're, I'm not saying that I'm good, you know, but if you're good, you're already, you're already got a job. Yes. For the most part, you know, or. You can't. You're taken your f- care of. Yeah, you can't take your full time, especially in that yacht scene, dude. Like, yeah. Well, the reason why I ask is uh, my wife watches that uh, oh, below, below deck. deck. Yeah, so oh. does my girlfriend. And I'm like, <laughs> are, are I mean, are people really that bad? <laughs> oh, I uh, customers. I, yes. Uh, I think absolutely yeah. on that stuff. Granted, I'm sure it's the network picking the customers to put on there because yeah, I mean, well, drama sells. Be I'll be honest, I watch it too. It's about the only thing that I'll, <laughs> I'll sit down and watch with her. She's got to have her TV, and I can have mine, right? But, drama uh, sells, man. Drama sells, dude. Yes, yeah, it does. Yep. That's that's all of network TV. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Hell, you, know? you touched on something a little earlier that I kind of want to ask you about. Um, you know, you had mentioned about um, people trying not to hold you back or hold others back for bettering themselves and all that. How important do you think it is in the whole, maybe the whole industry as a as a whole, but also just the boating industry as well, or the, I guess the not sport boat, but I guess the the charter fleet. How I mean, it's pretty to, often to better themselves. Yeah, I mean, how important of a, of a role is that? Oh, and I think it's huge. If you, there's a lot of people in this industry that just have it as a job, and you can tell immediately when you get on that boat. Mm-hmm. It's you, not it's not easy work. You can tell as a customer too that. Yeah, that's they're, what I'm saying. Yeah, the... it's not easy work, dude, and it's it, no, it, it's, it's customers long... have to realize that too. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. long hours. It's not the best pay. Um, it's hard work. You're on your feet all day. There's, tip there's... your deckhands, people. Yeah, tip your deckhands. You know, the, these guys work hard for sure. Put the time in for you to have a great trip. Sport fishing is a customer service industry, and when you forget it, your operation will show it. Yes, and it's and it's gonna and it's gonna hinder your ability to be successful um to try to reinvest in your i have one employee so I don't know yeah reinvest what i'm doing but yeah. yeah you know he he took two weeks off to go get his captain's course he just passed his course nice stoked awesome. for him we'll be having him once he gets that actual ticket in hand we'll be having him be our night driver if we can juggle you know him going and working and then being able to get enough to sleep in to right, drive yeah. that night or whatnot um yeah, Steve's a man, and I was 100%. Like, I told him, you know, because there's a course during the time during our boat work. I was like, if you don't want to do boat work and go there, you can take that time. I'm never going to hold you back. That's awesome. That, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, you Good hold something back with that, it's just going to backfire on you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll, he'll leave and go somewhere else where he can have the time to do that. 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, when, when I was owning my boat years back, I mean, I kind of tried to make it known to where, like, I cared about the people who I – wanted to not employ because technically but the the guys who work for me and all that i wanted to take care of them and i think you kind of see the same thing oh absolutely and you know you got you have to treat your employees like you want to be treated and i don't even call steve i guess and i mean he technically is right he's, yeah he's on payroll but like yeah he's a teammate we're on the mm-hmm. same level yeah that's um, a good amount of teammate yeah like if he's having a bad day i'm having a bad day and vice versa there's no there's no in between, and we made the comparison to restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Take, yeah. take. Uh, I guess you'd take the you would reverse the roles, like back of the house kitchen staff would be almost the captain because you're not being seen, and front of the house would be the deckhands. Mm-hmm. If one side's lacking, the whole operation's lacking. Correct. So you gotta be you gotta be doing well and make sure that they want to do well too. Yeah. If you don't, and you're just sitting there and you don't want to better yourself your crew doesn't want to do anything either no not mm-hmm. not at all yeah over the past at least handful of years have what i've seen is a lot of boats and a lot of the six-pack boats in particular they really take pride on their customer service they're ma- they're almost kind of investing in it to where uh, we're having these powwows we're having these meetings with all of the crew saying hey you gotta you know you're basically y- you need to go uh, go above and beyond and all that. And I'm sure that's probably a big priority for you, customer service. Oh, abs- customer service is, you know, number one. Mm-hmm. Or boat, you know, boat 
safety is number one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Boating's number one, but like, let's go just on like the other backhand side yeah. of like yeah. just the business side of it. Yeah, it's like safety one, <laughs> customer service one A. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, there's in the manual you yeah. open up. Um, yeah, and it's it will. I think it's an unspoken rule on on the boat. It's just be polite, be friendly. We definitely. Um, I like to talk shit. So, like, I like to give my customers, like, tease them and you oh, know, yeah. treat them like they're friends on a, the boat. A good yeah. captain does. Yeah, we, we, uh, I love to just shoot the shit with people, rap with them, go mm. back and forth, learn yep. stuff about them. You'd be pretty surprised how much in common you have someone if you just have a conversation with them. And, you know, you know, if you can throw it at them, they can throw it right back at you. Yeah. You're going to have a good time and you build that relationship. I have a guy named Tim White. He's been coming out with me through the prior charter operations that I worked with. This is going to be his ninth time with me. He books last year. He booked three trips with us. This year wow. he's already he's already done one. He's going to book another one here, and he's got another one for the repeat date. Um, we got a, I got another guy named Rick Alfaro. Owns a concrete company. The guy's cool. Does the same trip three quarter day. Simple. Gets on the boat every year. Shoot the shit. Have fun. He goes back. Have some fish tacos with his family, and it's good. I've built this relationship with these people where we know each other, and um, you know, a couple, couple clients have come from other from the other charters that have mm-hmm. followed me over. You know, that had my personal number, like, hey, we're ready to book. And sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to steal your customers, but when they requested yeah. me, I let them know that I moved somewhere else. Yeah. So it uh, they came over. Yeah, it's, it's, I like, I look forward to having those charters. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's awesome having the business we're having and how it's one person and it's different people every day. That's really cool. But it's really nice to see someone that you know and you're like, you can just hang out like friends on the boat. It's kind of a refreshing trip to have, especially when you're doing like the repeat, like every morning, hey, how are you doing? Like learning about them when you already know about them, you can skip over that and just get to, Shit talking, or, or <laughs> yeah, 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 get to shit talking exactly, yeah, yeah. or build or build certain trips you want to do. You we know? used to go on yeah. uh, the Pacific Quest a lot. Yeah, when, when Josh was the captain on that boat, and you want to talk about a shit talking fest. <laughs> once we all got to know each other, yeah, and it was happened to be the first day that we ever went on that boat. They were still doing full day trips out of out of uh, I think it was H and M or Fisherman's. I can't remember. I can't remember either. And. Uh, by the end of the day, it was like we were frat buddies, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it, it makes a world of a difference. And yeah. Not that you want it to hide bad fishing, but, you know, if you don't have the best fishing, but you have a great time with that crew or whatever, yeah, it makes you want to come back. You don't want to go on a boat where everyone was silent and not talking. That's part of the, that's part of the experience in the atmosphere. Is you want your guys to be having a good time laughing with each other back there, laughing with you. It makes your day better. Totally. And having good fishing too. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a whole pie. When that happens, everyone's way more comfortable with each other too. And on it the boat. and it yeah yeah mm-hmm. you get into a bite and it'll be a ripper where everyone's kind of like already tense. It makes that whole situation tense because it's you're you really need that fish to get the yeah. morale up, right? <laughs> where you have like just laughs and stuff, easy going. Your fishing ends well, up to be a little bit better. We we had become such good friends with with Josh on the on the quest. We, it was going to be a two-day trip. We were gonna, supposed to go all the way to um, uh, San Clemente. Yeah. And then fish our way, you know, fish there, fish Catalina on the second day. Yeah, yeah. But the, the weather was so bad, we couldn't get past Catalina. 
Oh, it was oh. it was gnarly. So he he at night he backs us, puts us in a cove where it's pretty calm, and me and my buddy were up all night drinking, catching calicos all night long. Not even change, nothing but good. Not even changing yeah. the squid. Right? Yeah, and we get <laughs> we get up in the morning and uh, we tell him how we you know we caught two leopard sharks, we caught countless numbers of calicos, and he's like, "So how many did you catch?" Well, I don't know. Threw them all back. He was so pissed. <laughs> he chewed our asses out. This is how close to frizz we were. He yeah. chewed our asses out because it didn't go on to the fish count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the hey, rest man. of the trip, we didn't catch shit. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's that... why you need the lap counters, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Those fish counts, they haunt you. They, I yeah. like. I think the other day, Steve came up to let me know, and we were like two fish shy of a limit. And he told me, I was like, oh, it's still not 60. He's like, still pretty good for half. I was like, it's not 60. It's not 60. <laughs> like, There's one where it's like duck hunting. You didn't limit out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, six isn't seven. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Makes a difference, that one word. Yep. I get pretty serious about it. But nonetheless, it, if you have good fish and everyone's smiling, it's a good trip. Mm-hmm. So, so – No, go for it. That so that you you said earlier that boat's been to Guadalupe Island. Yeah. So there's an article on Bloody Decks. If you Google Dale Jeffries, it comes up as one of the keywords. I tried to find it in my email because I emailed it to my my stepdad. He was interested in reading it. Um, it's cool. It's a it it that guy was you know an explorer. He uh, he did a lot to that boat and took that, it very far. And that is not a small feat by no means. I've been to Guadalupe. Yeah. On, on the searcher. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a large boat. And <laughs> yeah. this is when he had a thirty-five. So then he extended it to forty-seven, oh, and and started doing that. So it got extended pretty much. If you if you look at the boat here, I'll just hold up the sweatshirt so you can have an idea since it's on the back, which I have some in the car for you guys. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, you. Yeah, of course. If you hold up the boat, you can see the house here, right? Yeah. And how this extended little top platform. That's where our cooler sit. That's right where where it ended, and then it had. Pretty much that size bow right here. So it got extended and lengthened throughout here. Um, and the aft area from like the wheelhouse back is all the same. Wow. Minus minus the above ground cooler that he had on. Or that's awesome. Fish hold that he had on there. I love the wheelhouse too because it's kind of tucked in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the wheelhouse is cool, <laughs> man. It's it's uh, it's the most sport boat, non-sport boat <laughs> boat. <laughs> If, if that makes sense, right? right yeah. yeah. It's a good little wheelhouse. I wish it was maybe like just an inch bigger for my fat <laughs> ass to be up there. Well, but a lot of the wheelhouses are that way, even on the bigger sport boats, they're yeah, small. Yeah, they are. Um, it's got enough room for me to sit in there when it's shit weather or we're coming home and Steve finished cleaning and everything. He can come up and sit. Like You can sit a couple people up there. There is... There is room for sure. I got um, a hatch that I can open up on the top so I can stand and have my head out. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's got old VW, VW windows in there. <laughs> nice. It's pretty badass. <laughs> I was One of my uh, favorite things to do when you're coming back from a, a multi-day trip is to hang out in the in the wheelhouse with the captain. If, if allowed, at the, if some captains don't like it. Some will talk to you. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, but it, it's pretty cool. I, I, I enjoy it. No, it's, it's super cool. Like, these guys are masters of their trade. Like, and you get into their area and their office and you see how they operate and stuff. Or if you ever watch these guys fish sonar, there's some serious... The San Diego fleet's got some serious people in it, man. And not, oh. not only San Diego fleet. Like, Southern California Sport Boat Fleet has some very good fishermen. 
and you know it goes back to our tuna industry starting here like we were the world's leader in in tuna for a long time and it just all progressed mm-hmm. we were we were out looking for yellowtail one time and the deckhand comes running out of the wheelhouse and he goes he's right over there and he throws a throws a bait down and sure enough boom wow. it, yeah they know how to read those yeah radars so we and have, sonars like there's no tomorrow yeah we have two up and downs um we have a westmar unit on our boat for a side scan so we have we have side scan as well on it um and it's it's a game changer for sure it helps yeah i i mean i've ran chris has ran some of the boats for the old operation i work for they don't have that nope nope (laughs) yeah you know you can fish without it or you can fish with it you might as well have you might as well fish with it yes it's Mm -hmm. gonna change it especially for this bluefin stuff especially for fishing this big stuff when you're trying to set up to put that kite in it our our the San Diego fleet overall's kite fishing proficiency has gone up and that's large to do in part with one the California flyer for our bait or dead flyers and yep. two for with with uh with sonars to know where that school's sitting off your boat just have that thing shooting out at 600 degrees 500 degrees 400 whatever or not degrees feet mm-hmm. You can line your bait up and see where that fish is. If they're not completely breezing, then drop that thing in front of them, and you're just tuning that stuff in. Boom, boom, boom. You can turn bites over and over and over yeah. again, and it really makes a difference. Did you do a lot of kite fishing last year? In the beginning of the year, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did when that stuff was closer. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of our a lot of our customers were out of towners. They were, you know, little to no experience or some mm-hmm. experience in. Um, I'm not, not saying if you don't, if they want to come, I will book the trip that we can go fish big ones and stuff. But I, you know, I said, Hey man, if you haven't done an offshore trip, like let's just do an overnight. Let's go. The grade of fish right now, that 50 to 70 pound bluefin was good. And it, we had, and we had good, perfect, perfect size. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all these people that have forgotten. That used to be a world-class fish from, yeah. <laughs> for most of our fishers. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Everyone used spoiled. to be stoked about 70 pounds. I'm fish. still stoked about it. <laughs> I get fired up. That's great, grade fish mm-hmm. right there. So we did, and it's manageable too. Super manageable. So we did our overnight trips fishing that. <clears throat> um, when the opportunity presented itself to fish on the, that length of the trip, we did fish the kite. I fished the kite personally on some shakedown trips before the season got going. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully this year we will book more to go fish that stuff. But it's all what the customers want. I will do whatever they want to go do. So touching on that point, it kind of, it kind of takes the. Not the perfect, but it's a certain customer to go fish that big stuff because they kind of have to understand what it's all about. Big game hunters. Yeah. Especially on a, like, uh, if you want to dedicate your time to go fish big fish, book the right trip, day and a half to two day. Know that we're going to put our time in for that fish, unless we're fishing, like, you know, the Tanner or whatever, the Cortez are out there, and we have the opportunity to go set the pick on on the bank and fish, you know, in the morning, then afternoon, slide out to go find some of that larger stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to dedicate our time for you getting a big one like you paid for. Um, some people all of a sudden, like halfway through it or quarterly in it, they're like, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to go do something else. We haven't had any action. Well, you know, we got to, we got to stick it out. We, and it, it pans out. It always pans out at the end of the day. You know, they're, yeah. they're stoked when they see that thing blow up. We had, God, early season. I think it was actually our first overnight of the year. We were flying two kites and a balloon, and they were all getting absolutely obliterated. Wow. Um, 
did we hook them? No. <laughs> but <laughs> they, that was an expensive day of flyers. Show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we, we, we end up landing fish. Uh, the best one being 182 pounds, and but uh, the the amount of flyers I went through was ridiculous. They were just blowing <laughs> those things to pieces, and a couple of them came tight and just came off. You know, mm-hmm. is it what it is. It, yeah, it just happens. That's why that California flyer is game changing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is. And when we were out at Guadalupe, they were putting the kite out, and the fish is at the point where they're trying to get the fish is probably a foot off the surface. Yeah, and the yellow is just. The yellow fin just jumped out of the water. Oh, court. yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, we watched... Yeah, you watched some of those bluefin come out of the water for this stuff. And yeah. Like, did it get it? Like, I don't even think I had it on the water, like, right above it. But it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I, you can't not get excited about seeing that. Oh. I get excited when bass flip out of the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is true. So, Hale, what, I mean, we already talked about the overnight trip. Just for those of you who are out there who are thinking about doing six packs and all that, just do yourself a favor. Book an overnight trip or a day and a half. It's so much It's so much of a better experience. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would say if you're, your overnight to day and a half is going to be your best bet, the overnight's probably the best entry-level one if you're not used to doing overnight-style trips, multi-day trips. Mm-hmm. You're only on the boat for one night. It's real easy. We we do a we do a so we do a meal plan now. It's twenty five dollars a person. You can't eat anywhere in Southern California. No, for yeah. three meals for twenty five dollars a person. We do breakfast, lunch, and an afternoon snack. Um, and that will be on the one day of fishing. You get on after dinner, so we don't we don't serve food that first day, but we do have you know chips, water, things like that. Um, it's all comfy bunks. You bring your own bedding. Get on the boat and. We'll be fishing, you know, whatever fish is available to us. But a lot of times it's, in the last couple of years, it's that bluefin, yellowfin, yellowtail, and dorado, which are. What's an overnight run on your on your boat? This year it's thirty five hundred. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. No, no it's not, not bad, bad at, all. at all. We will be doing a fuel surcharge. I've talked to a lot of other boats. It's coming. If, if I, I'm surprised that you know, uh, more people haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. So I I um. I contemplated either upping my charges or my rates or, or doing a fuel surcharge. I believe, the f- in my opinion, the fuel surcharge is the most honest way for me to do it. I'm not trying to make any more money. Yeah, I'm it's, just trying it's not like to, you're trying to hide it. I'm trying to uh, be able to support myself and yeah. not lose money and keep this operation for them to come back. How, how bad would that suck if you had a great time on the boat and because of fuel this, this operation went under yes. or other operations like it went under? Um, so we do. We're gonna do a difference. Our, our prices are tied in with about a four dollar fifty cents per gallon rate. That's kind of how I did my math. It's that weird average. That yeah. Kind of fluctuates around. And then uh, we'll be charging <clears throat> the gallons used on the on the trip. The difference between four fifty. So if it's at six dollars, you're char- you're getting you're being charged a hundred or dollar fifty. We use about a hundred gallons on those overnights. It's not much more between six more people. No. So, no. and it's, I'm not trying to profit off it in any way. It's just the honest flat rate. I know that another charter operation is doing that way as well. Uh, I don't know what the other guys are, but I, yeah, I, I got the idea for him. It was not my idea. I'm with you, man. I think, you know, the field sur- surcharge, as sad as I am to see them 
happening. They're kind of happening beyond our control. Yeah, and yeah. it's happened before in the sport boat industry. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. 2008 The last time fuel went up. Yeah, exactly. It just happens. It's the way everything, unfortunately, how it works is it gets put on the consumer. And I, too, am a consumer, and I'm feeling the cost. And But pr- kudos to the current clients that I've had. Anyone that's already booked hasn't gotten it or before I implemented this. Everyone that I've had sent out, and I call them personally once they book the trip because I have on my website you can automatically book, and it just goes right through. Um, you can do that on there, and so I get an email. I call each client, talk to them about the trip, make sure that that's the right trip that they want to do, all that stuff, and then I let them know personally about it and kind of explain not a single person has an issue with it. He's yeah. like, oh, dude, you didn't even have to tell us that. I was like, well, I'm not going to just throw well, some fee at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the fine print, right? There's yeah. a yeah, so it's um, thanks to the customers for being being cool about that. That's that's nice. Well, and I think too that the, the clientele you get on a six pack is going to be a lot different than the clientele that goes on a say a party boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we do. We get um, guys that are there. Not that people on the sport boats don't go for experience. Like from the times I've been, I've worked on the sport boats. Like the customers are great. Right. They usually bring their they have their idea, but the guys. They're coming on a six packer, like they're going on a fishing trip. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. that's like that's their vacation. They're a seasoned yeah. fisherman. They they know what they're what they want to go after, and that's why they took that trip. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're ready for it. Um, at least our our experienced guys are. And then we have people that have no idea, and they're just yeah. Oh my god! Like the second the engines turn over, they're just like, it's like <laughs> going up the roller coaster at the barge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, well, that's one of my favorite things when you get the barge. Is Try to catch some spotties or whatever that's hanging around the. Oh, dude! Yeah, I, I went bait. spotty fishing the other night. It was hitting. Really, oh. it was good. I haven't. I heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. You heard about it from Trevor? Yeah, yeah, I actually, I haven't spotty fished in a while. When I was a kid, in high school, you know, I was really into bay fishing and all that stuff. I um, had a little blog called Spotty Killers. Nice. Blogspot.com. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were into that. We were little dwarf rats, and my buddy Robert Dalton. Tommy Gums gave us a Unibody Unigroup shirt, and goddamn, did we think we were hot shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was fun. Oh man, and you know, to be honest too, I think I've said this before: the the price difference between a ticket on the sport boat, nothing against them, and a ticket on a six pack, really not that much. Oh no, no ab- not absolutely, absolutely not. And I don't try to. I know what the prices are on um, on sport boats. You know, right. from being a customer and working on them, filling in on different boats, um, part time work on them through the seasons and stuff. Like, I calculate it down. Like after we don't charge for, we don't charge for fish cleaning. Any trip under an overnight, all the food and drink on the boat is free. We don't have beer. Sorry, you can bring your own. It's actually cheaper <laughs> that way. Yeah, but, uh, it works out better. Yeah, it works out better for you. Um, and you're not renting rods. We have a full lineup. We have a minimum of two rods per person on that boat, not including crew rods. So any style of fishing we're doing, you're going to have multiple setups. Perfect. A light setup, a heavy setup, and maybe a lure setup to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Joe Schmo can hop on, has no idea, doesn't really know if he's super into it, has some ex- fishing experience. Dude, get on the boat, bring a, bring a pillow, a blanket. You can go overnight fishing. You like that gear, you can go buy it. Next time you come on the boat, you'll have your own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we have a full full lineup of um, – originally it was all seeker rods. Some of them went overboard or got broken by accident. So <laughs> some other stuff got to get – had to get mixed in. We mm-hmm. have um, some 
you know, lighter setups that are Fathom like 15s. Yeah, Fathom 15s. We have Fathom 15 star drags, and then we have all Fathom 15 two speeds as well. That ca those caught a lot of big fish on them. And then we have Fathom 25 narrows that are you know are 40 to 50 pound setups. Right. Fathoms uh, are just almost bulletproof. They're nothing to sneeze at. No, they they weren't when they're they were. Fathom ones. Those Fathom twos disintegrated on me. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> no offense, Pen. <laughs> yeah, we're I I love, I absolutely love the Fathoms. Don't get me wrong. They're a workhorse. But I don't know if it was supply chain or what. But the batch of Fathom twos I bought, <clears throat> not the two speed, two the second generation Star Drags, all their handles disintegrated on me, multiple times throughout the season. Huh. But it was all around the hardware, so I think it was maybe they ch they changed their hardware. Um, the reels themselves performed excellent, right? Besides mm -hmm. just the the corrosion stuff, I I have countless fathoms for my person my personal yeah. arsenal. They're great for the price; you can't beat it. They're strong. They're workhorse. We, I mean, those fathom fifteens put multiple 17, 70 pound fish on the boat. That's a small reel for that big of a fish. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's also, you know, tribute to you too, where you know you're not fathoms aren't cheap. You're, you're put, you're investing into the gear that your customers are using too. It's all part of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's a big one. I mean, I wanted our gear gets beat up. Definitely oh, doesn't yeah, look like the first say, day. Um, running uh, 140 days, it gets beat up quite a bit. Yeah, you know, we rinse them off every night. Re put new line on them. We fish, you know, three quarters of the spooled braid with a mono top shot and then whatever floral we need if we do need floral. That way we can turn, we can put fresh mono on it. Mono is just, just part of the business cost, right? You put yeah. a new fresh line on for these customers just like if you went to go rent a rod at, at, at a tackle shop, you get fresh line on it. Um, the, the gear is more than above par in my opinion. It it works. They're nice. The rods are nice. I didn't buy bottom of the line stuff. It's stuff that I personally fish. It's yeah. it was, I copied the stuff that I have. So I just got seven of each, which <laughs> is <laughs> interesting price tag. But oh, I so, bet. Yeah. You know, knowing you know, we we know a lot of mutual friends and all that stuff. Yeah. We've haven't had the pleasure. Hopefully, this changes to fish together. But yeah, we're doing shakedown trips. You got to come on one. Oh yeah. Me too. Let's more, do more it. than Mary, dude. We got Let's the room on the boat. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. But I've heard through the grapevine that you are a super mechanical person. You know what's going on in your, your engine room. Well, <laughs> I would not say that because I had like a <laughs> mental breakdown the other day in the engine room doing my impellers, which is like a, a routine thing, right? I'm a big guy in small spaces, and I'm clumsy as hell, so uh, trying to put this one bolt back in, and I just keep dropping it was making me lose my mind. Oh, but, um, in there. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, uh, I've had the pleasure of growing up with when I got into this industry of working with some guys that went the mechanical route, and one of them was my roommate, and he was like a goddamn encyclopedia. So every time <laughs> when we get home, I would get home in the evening, I would just talk to him and or call him or whatever. Um, and that stuff's really helped out. And I took I took it to heart that like if you want the job done right, you gotta do it yourself. Yeah. One price tags and the price you pay for other people to do your job is is crazy. And two, you're gonna need to know how to do it anyways if you're running an operation and think it's okay for you to take people out in the ocean. That's so true. If you don't know what's going on, you shouldn't do it. Um, do I know everything? Absolutely not. But I mm -hmm. I've learned a lot. I've I've uh 
I've definitely made some mistakes with stuff. You know, <laughs> I actually had to we had to retap and dye some stuff because my dumbass decided to strip something out. Well, that part that I was gonna strip out was twelve hundred dollars. I couldn't just go buy a new one, so oh. I had to retap and dye oh. it. Oh. Little things like that, mm-hmm. you you learn pretty quick. Um, and diesels are simple. Yes. Ish. Yeah. You know, it's either if you got a issue, it's either like fuel or mm-hmm. air. <coughs> one, yeah. you know, and and so on or. Some of these newer engines are a lot more electrical. Um, I have a general idea of electrical, but whew, <laughs> electrical is a whole nother thing, man. You know, I always say if you want to learn any trade, just go buy a boat because you're going to have to become an expert in all of it. That's what. So <laughs> if you're a young kid looking to and you don't know what you want to do, mm-hmm. working on a sport boat that does good winter m- projects will be the best job for you. You're going to learn customer service during the fishing years for, or fishing time. You're going to learn hard work and sticking it out <clears throat> during those hours. You're then going to be doing projects which include electrical, carpentry, you know, plumbing, plumbing, all these like small things that you can then take in like, hey, you don't, you don't necessarily want to be working on a, a boat anymore. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've redone the bathrooms on, or I've redone the heads on, on this sport boat. We had three heads. I retiled them, put in this or that. I'm not saying I have, but I'm just, you know, hy- you know mm-hmm. hypothetical. That kid can go out and get a job doing, you know, general contracting work and stuff. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it, you learn a lot of stuff. You kind of become a, uh, what is it? You know, jack of all trades, or yeah. what I say, I'm a. Uh, I can't remember. It's like I know, <laughs> I know a lot, but I'm an expert in nothing. Whatever it is, I can't oh, remember. Oh, I see. Saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had half of it right. Fifty <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah, I was a jack of all trades and expert in none on that saying. Yeah, so. but then you know you go put in all your work during the off season, and then you can't really wait. Um, for more ways than none to get out in March and February and all that when this bluefin starts showing up at our doorstep. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's – so kudos again to Steve and Nick Ryan. Nick Ryan came down and helped out a lot. So we went in the yard. I guess I'll just go over kind of our – now that we're on the the yard yard conversation or maintenance (coughs) conversation. We hauled out, and um, our boat had rod and chain steering. I know the Queen used to have it in some other older sport boats. So it was quite literally like what it sounds behind my, my helm, came out to a sprocket, which went to a chain to another sprocket, down to a gearbox, to a rod that went and st- steered to the tie rod to my, to my rudders. That was an extremely anodated system that was very loud when I was trying to sleep. So we got rid of that one, um, which, in, which in included having to completely re-engineer our steering system. We had to mm-hmm. make a new rudder table. We had to pull the rudders close up those holes, make new rudder ports, get ex- get custom rudder ports that fit now the length, build wedges for them, um, find the right hydraulic units that would work, run the hydraulic, get all that stuff. And No wonder you spent 18 days. <laughs> yeah, so it was 18 <laughs> days, and it was 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Wow. Every single day and some days later. And, you know, we got it done, and it was – I remember walking down the dock to, for our first trip, which was not that long ago, our first trip of the season. Mm-hmm. I just looked over. He was like, "I am so happy just to be going fishing." Yeah, you know, it was, it was a lot. There was. It's not just those eighteen days. There is another twenty days in front, prepping, getting stuff, finding stuff, getting the boat ready, getting all the little projects, and it's all the little mm-hmm. tie-in things. And we're, st- we're. St- there's still a couple little things that need to be tied up, but 
we're fully operational. The other things that need to be tied up are just like personal projects that I chose to throw in there because I wanted to just be more broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking the truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You put it back in there. It's, you water your plants. They're going to look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to put Absolutely. your money back in your boat. So what's the outlook for this year, man? What, uh, what's going to be on the Jerry A? I know you got some exciting things coming up. I know you've da- or talked about doing kayak fishing too off of it. What, yeah. What? So, I mean, first and foremost, run as much as possible. That's the number yeah. one goal, right? Um, we have a mutual friend, or I met a, one of your friends, Kevin, who I think is now one of your guys' guest hosts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool dude. I met him when I was filling in on the Aztec at the end of season when our boat kind of slowed down. Got to keep the money flowing in so of you can work other places. Um, and he actually brought it up to me. <clears throat> he was looking at the sweatshirt I was wearing. He was like, man, that boat, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you should do kayak trips on it. And I was like, dude, I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I think about a lot of stuff. Season gets going. Just gets put to the sidelines, yeah. right? And he was like, hey, build up like a charter price list. So our kayak trips, we're thinking about doing anywhere from two to three days, maybe longer, four-day trips, and it'll be San Clemente Island. We'll be going out there to San Clemente Island, getting up there, using it as a mothership. So how I have my envision, I think we can do a full six. Four would probably be the prime number for it. Uh, we'll go take you, anchor you up. Each person's going to have a VHF on their kayak. We'll have, like, a little tender that we can come get you or whatnot. But we'll find a general area to anchor up around the island where the conditions look right. Send you out, and you guys are going to go have some of the best bass fishing that you can have on a kayak. You'll also be able to, you know, fish some game fish and stuff. And with these last few years on our travel time, if, we're, if I'm thinking about doing kind of like the reverse, like how the in reverse departures, mm-hmm. kind of how our um, – the end of the season, like three and a half days and stuff are where you leave in the morning. So you get out there in the afternoon. It's very likely that we'll run across game fish, bluefin, yellowfin, things like that. So we'll be fishing on the way out there and on the way in as long as we're not traveling at night. So you have the daytime or the boat time to fish along with getting dropped off to be doing kayak mothership stuff. And then in the evenings when you guys come back to sleep on the boat, I'm not going to not let you fish. You're more than welcome to fish off the boat. Go <laughs> right, for it. Yeah. And uh, trust me, I'll be using my time to be, if there's squid around, I'll be motoring around to get squid. Mm-hmm. That way, if some of those kayaks have bait tanks, they can take bait with them or they can fish artificials. That island has so many opportunities for people to fish. And we'll we'll uh, we'll be having you know full meals, like all that stuff. If you want to keep fish, fish cleaning is included too. It's... um. I think it'd be a really cool special operation. I was talking to my buddy Pete, who runs the Islander, and he, you know, they do those trips on it. And he was like, "Oh, dude, people would love the six by four. You know, just small one, just shoot right yeah. out there. Yeah, personal group, get some club guys or something like that. Well, you're hooked up with the right person to get that done. Kevin Nakata can, yeah, can help you out a lot on that one. Kevin used to be the charter master. Yeah, <laughs> he will be. You yeah. he will be. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a cool time. I think it's it's a niche. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't. Have given away but <laughs> whatever but so. you know the I, I can see a lot of captains not wanting to deal with putting kayaks on their boats too some of these six packs don't have room to put them I do your boat I know you yeah. do. I do and I have the davit to lift them in and out and yep. we can do it all so I also do research trips for a company called Teledyme where we're launching you know um, autonomous vessels and we use 
that davit, which is about the weight of a kayak. So I've tested it out with one hundred and fifty thousand dollar units instead of the perfect kayaks. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> did the opposite, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That didn't get you hurt, so your kayak won't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Do you get to fish Clemente often on your trips? No, we did not. We did not. Most of our overnights, we were heading south. Mm-hmm. Um, I have fished it. Yeah, I love fishing Clemente. Oh, it's so awesome. I yeah, love it's getting one of my up, favorite places. I to love fish. getting up shallow. I like putting the anchor down and getting in there. Um, it's just a fun fishery. Mm-hmm. I like. It's the style of fishing I like. You know, a lot yeah. of opportunities the, too. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's a, it's a grab bag mm-hmm. type thing, and when that island's on, it's on. Yeah. And it it can showcase very large grade of yellowtail, which the grade the average grade of yellowtail that's being caught out there is really good right now. You can get on sea bass. You can last year behind the dunes that bluefin was in, <clears throat> you know, thirty fathoms of water, thirty five fathoms of water. That is shallow. That's on hundred and eighty feet to two hundred yeah. feet of water. That's super shallow water for that stuff. That's um we could drop the pick there and you could be hooking and stuff on the kayak, which I don't necessarily want to happen. Yeah, you have four <laughs> guys shoot out in different directions, <laughs> but <laughs> we might fish the kite off the boat for that one. If that's you know if that ever happened, I'm just saying. But you know that just shows what that island holds. Mm-hmm. The backside of it's crazy. You know, you get on the front side. It's just there's mm-hmm. so many areas for you to right. fish and for these guys, and especially with the kayaks too. The boat can only get so close and get in so thick. Mm-hmm. Those guys can get back there, and I guarantee they'll be personal best on every trip for kite. Calicos, at least. Yeah. I think a large group of our kayak guys are going to be Calico dudes. They'll be personal best on there. I I would guarantee, almost guarantee it. Yeah. If you can't get to Cedros for like <laughs> for kayaking, I'm serious, I'm serious here. If you yeah. can't get to Cedros for no, kayaking, you're, you're right. this is your and you don't know if you necessarily want to do it. Hop on the boat. Do do a two day trip right out here. You're gonna get you're gonna motor out. Boom. Maybe it's not as luxury as going down there and flying down, but it's a cool niche little experience that you're yeah. gonna have. You're gonna go fish pre- pretty good fishing, especially with the kayak stuff, dude. Like, oh yeah. Well, you can get right in there and you can just punch the kelp. Just exactly. Punch the kelp. So if you don't have the current, like where we would need it for fishing bait on the on the pick or something, these guys can get backed in there and you know, I still fish the slug. So like, fish the slug and yeah. get back in there and whew, there's some big ones. They're gonna they're gonna have some fun on it. Yeah, for sure. As long as, as, so, as long as someone books it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the key part. Speaking of which, I know a fellow kayak uh, angler here in Darren, so if he, if Kevin doesn't work out, he'll probably be able to do it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love my kayak. Uh, big bay fisherman with it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> never, ne- I've never fished a mothership trip, which I think would be pretty cool. It's cool, and I think <clears throat> this way, too, like, I don't know how they do it on the other one. I don't think they drop everyone off at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send all four of you out. Like, go for it. Yeah. You know, like, and we're small enough, like, I can pull the pick and come pick each and every one yeah. up, and we'll have the the tender. Yeah. So there's there's <clears throat> there's ways ways to do it, and it's real personal. If you guys are like, hey, we only want to go over here, and we want to try this. If all four or six people are on the same game plan, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Or sh- shoot, we do a three-day trip. Each person pretty much has a day to themselves, kind of the style of fishing they want to do. For, yeah. We can customize this stuff for for the for you guys to have a very good experience mm-hmm. in my opinion i yeah i uh i'd be very excited to do those trips hell you're right where you know sure cedros is a plane ride away and all that but Cl- san clemente island 
that's almost the next best thing on this coast. Oh yeah, it's so yeah. I mean, it's such for, a diverse island for for size. Yeah. yeah, unless you get up further, like north, and fish some of the like that calico fishery up there. Like, they they have good fish up there too. Yeah, not 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 a well, there are big ones, but mm-hmm. but uh, you know, if you're a kayak fisherman and you can't afford that chunk of change to get to Cedros, this is the the next yeah. Best so thing. our two day trip's gonna be, I think I quoted like six grand. It's a thousand dollars a person. 500 bucks a day. Yep. You know, plus your meal plan, so $50 each person. So you're going to pay 1050 a person to go out and fish and have a hell of a time. Versus $3,400 a person yeah. going to the island for five days. Right. Exactly. Or 38 What was it? I can't remember what it went up to. And have a more unique experience because there's only so many charters offering kayak mothership trips yes. out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> we can do it all. And like I said, if we do those reverse reverse departures i have all my rods on the boat all the boat rods are on there if you guys are only going bass fishing i got tuna stuff if we come across fish sure as hell gonna be fishing it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm seeing a future cool. podcast episode darren just uh, having a kayak mothership trip uh like yeah it. that would be yeah. awesome do, do another do it on, the boat. on the boat heck yeah there's wi-fi out there yeah. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can do it all exactly you exactly. can do it all dude this has been awesome thank you yeah. so much this is uh this is really cool yeah, absolutely. I do have one more question for you, though. The significance of the name, the Jerry A. Jerry A. So, uh, I named it after my dad. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I like classic boat names where, granted, they're supposed to be named after women, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> As we saw in the swim meet the other day, that doesn't have to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, my dad's name was Jerry. He passed away a few years ago. I wouldn't be in the industry where I if it wasn't for him, you know, mm-hmm. he got me into fishing. I fished a lot with him and he fished a whole bunch before I was around and just kind of a nod to him and named it after him. So Perfect. yeah, it's a classic old boat or classic old guy. And yeah. Awesome. It's a, it a cool thing. That's awesome, man. Well, speaking of 2022, how's your year shaping up? Are you getting pretty booked up solid? Or Yeah. So right now it seems to be, you know, we have our spring break rush. Um, everything's booking like about a week to two weeks out, which is mm-hmm. kind of standard, you know, unless you're getting the guys who are planning for the peak season dates, which are all of our return clientele. I sent out a text through all of our guys with some very poorly worded grammar in it but they got <laughs> my girlfriend reread the text she's like you gotta be kidding me right she's like, let, let me write this stuff for you um perfect yeah god but they didn't seem to mind i take them fishing i don't teach them english uh they they call a couple guys called and got some prime dates and we booked up some spots for that everything is uh, we've what we're at we've had 17 trips this month you know the month's not done for march. march yeah wow yeah that's that's a fast start yeah it's good yeah it came yeah. out of nowhere um and then uh we are you know we got like 10 next month one book this morning that's always like a nice thing to wake up to yeah oh yeah um and it's just kind of rolling i'm not i'm not too worried we i didn't even have the boat up online until end of may last year so I'm ahead of the game. Yeah, you are. You know, yeah. as long as we can keep this momentum going, um, we'll be cool. And I'll take any trips. Like I, dude, I would love to be the guts and glory guy of going and getting big bluefin every trip. If our clients don't want to do it, so be it. I'll take them to go fish. It's them who choose the type of fishing they want to do. Yeah, I like fishing. 
I have no problem going and catching reds and whitefish in La Jolla or sitting it out for that. Or if those threshers are around, drag them for threshers. Like, I think our inshore fishing is really fun. Mm-hmm. I also really like going to do that stuff. So whatever trip, that's the best thing about the program we got going right now <clears throat> is I have these offshore trips and these longer trips coming up in the season, right? And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm not only doing that, and I'm not only doing half days. It's all mixed in. So right when you're getting kind of sick of, sick of the mundane, like mm-hmm. same trip every day, here comes a couple overnights, or here comes a couple half days to break up the offshore monotony. Breaks it up. It breaks it up. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 shaping up to be a good year. We got to do some crew trips before we get too busy. You guys are more than welcome to come on the boat. That'd oh, be awesome. Slide down south. I'm raising fish. my hand. Let's do it. Yeah, that fish, yeah. That fish <laughs> is filling in. Yeah. Filling in good. The wa- the terrafin's looking good. Um, there's gonna be some boats. I know the queen left this morning. I'm sure that Aliar is gonna do pretty decent. Mm-hmm. That guy seems to be a workhorse. You know. Oh that, yeah. That bluefin's working up the line. It's it's in, it's within range. There's already a few boats catching it. For sure. So. In 2022, uh, aside from you know the business side and all that, fishing wise, what I guess what would be y- your goal for the year? Like, what is there a specific threshold you want to you want to achieve or is there something that you want to focus I gotta, on? I got yeah, I got a few goals. Okay. Um I'll obviously want to beat the number of trips we ran last year. Sure. If I can roll into December with a steady month like all the way over November. Duck season go by the wayside, man. I'm here to make <laughs> money. There'll be many yeah. more seasons. Right. Um I want to run as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's I think that's any business owners Yes. More business. Grow, 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 right? Um, I I would like to definitely fish that bigger bluefin some more. Mm-hmm. We have the setup and all the tools to put the hurt to them. We just unfortunately weren't there at the right times to have those trips. Because uh, that's – you put people in fish like that, they're just mind-blown, right? Mm-hmm. Um and get on some more local squid beds. Last year we got on a couple of them. And we, uh, if that squid's around and hone that in, I think that it is. Y- it, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it is. We'll we'll be fine. We uh, yeah. we had some really good sea bass fishing. We had some really good yellow fishing on the anchor, and we had some really good daytime squid bed fishing that produced large halibut. You know, that's that. I want to break all those all that size. You know, our halibut were forty one. I think one went like 43 or something like that. There's a big halibut. I want to break those. Nice. You break break those local game fish stuff. Those those mean more to me than than big bluefin. Big bluefin's cool, but that stuff's like everything worked out. Your anchor job was right. right. The tide was right. The moon phase was right. The bait was right. It's just like it all. I guess it's the same for big fish too, but it's all lined up, and it's hard. Like local fisheries have a lot of pressure on them. If you can if you can produce game fish. On more than half your trips on the local side, you're doing damn well. Yeah, you are. Yeah. It's more sure. of a, not a challenge, but more of a, more gratifying when everything lines up perfectly and you're actually super successful in the local scene. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I guess another goal, I, I, my goal is to have a charter book where I'm like, like mm-hmm. a lot of these sport boats that are fully booked years in advan- a year in advance. That's, that's what I'm building for. You know, we have 15 return clients this year from our first year, including a couple from prior stuff. I want to double that. 
Mm-hmm. If I can get 30 people, that's a whole month that's booked out my season. That means I only need to book two more months. It's a third of the way book, you know. Wow. You're well on your way, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the goal. I want to have personal relationships with each of my group and watch these guys, you know, and like, you know, the old guy on the trip taps out, but then there's the new son that's coming up. I worked on the Voyager, <coughs> filling in when I wasn't on the other operation, you know, I was on the mm-hmm. boat for two to three days each each week before I left that other six-pack operation and... uh there was a guy named Harry Loomis on that on those that thing. He was ninety two years old. That guy's been fishing <laughs> the boat. Yeah, yeah, he was old, dude. But that guy's been fishing the boat forever, like wow. forever wow. Before, through all the owners. He's just stayed on that boat. Huh. And and then other charter groups that were on there. There, you know, my buddy Chuck just bought that boat. That's another person you should have on this podcast. Chuck Johnson is an awesome dude. Bought the boat from Todd Myers. Um, yeah, that boat's bitching. A t- it's a smaller sport boat, holds 18. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, good crew. Chuck's hilarious. <laughs> well taken care boat. That is a b- what Todd, how Todd got that boat, mm-hmm. like to the the maintenance level of it. And you walk down there, it is well done right. It's an operation to to base your operation off of. Um, mm-hmm. One, having a return clientele. Two, how you keep your boat. And three, how you run your crew and and your uh, operation side of it. And Chuck is going to do just as good, if not better, with with this. Yeah, he just – he's got he, – I'm stoked for him. That's, like, one of my best friends. So That's cool. That That's boat. awesome. Yeah. Do you have, like, a list of – I mean, it seems like every boat kind of has this running list of people or whatnot, but – do you keep like a list of, I guess, regulars to where, hey, the bluefin are biting today. We got to go. Yeah, unfortunately, we were booked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah. So that's yeah, the problem. <laughs> I, yeah, we do, and I unfortunately, I'm not. Unless I get a deposit, I will not hold a day, because that's not fair to the next person if they wanted to go, and then you're like, oh, actually, no. Um, if I, yeah, I'll, I text, you know, like Tim White. One of our return guys is like, when that I told him when that yell if that if the islands start producing, I'm gonna let him know. I'm gonna like, get down here. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's really wanting to do a, a trip to the islands. The last couple trips hasn't worked out. People he had on the trip didn't have passports or whatnot. <clears throat> we still had great fishing locally. Um, By the way, on that, if you don't have your passport, just get it. Save yourself a favor. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, get just it. Get the card. A- just get apply the card. now. Bucks. Apply while you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. It's not yes. that hard. It takes a while to get it. You can also get it expedited. Or if you have a day off, you can go to downtown San Diego and get it that same day. It's not that hard. You pay a little bit extra, but you're going to have it. It is. It will make everything so much easier. Like, we had a trip last year. and Actually, I was so excited because it was mid-season where that bluefin kind of petered out, right? I know we're mm-hmm. bouncing around, but no. I guess we'll just keep flowing with it. Um, that bluefin petered out. And it was good, but it was like it was still difficult fishing. You know, they're getting a little finicky. Um, and our customers, you know, they're like, "Hey, man, can we just go fish the islands? Like, we're local guys. We all have our licenses. Like, we have so much bluefin in the fridge, anyways." And I was <laughs> like, "You, this is music to my ears. Like, absolutely, yeah. let's go, dude." <laughs> Slid right down in there, dropped a pig at your nose, and just blasted the yellows. Like, uh, blasted the yellows, bass, barracuda, bonitos, just nonstop action. We ended up just whacking them. And even though they didn't want it, we rolled out and we put nine, like, 80 to 60 to 100 pound bluefin on them. But, like, 
it was good. As it a was cherry awesome. on top of everything. Yeah, just as a <laughs> and that was that was the sickest foamer fishing I've seen ever. They're eating like two to three pound mackerel. Anything you put Holy in the water. Cow. Yeah, dude. I got a photo. If you look on the deck, I'll show it to you. The Mac that's sitting there it looks like a bonito. They were just eating everything. <clears throat> Everyone got bit, hung it. We landed every single fish. It was insane. You know, we hooked up a whole bunch, came off, hooked up. But every fish that ended up getting hooked up made it to the boat. Uh, and at one point, Steve and I, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to fish. <laughs> Steve, and <laughs> I, Steve and I are, are fishing. We're both pulling on fish together. And we look down, there's this mackerel ball about the size between me and Darren that's on the side of my boat. And these bluefin are coming and skimming the boat. Thump, oh, my gosh. Thump. And just picking them <laughs> off till the last mackerel was off. I could have free-gaffed them, you know, but I was occupied with yeah. us trying to get our fish in first so then we can gaff those guys' fish. You know, we uh, <laughs> we got, oh, I think, seven of them were all on, like, legit setups that were all, like, 60 to 80 pound. And then... I don't know what happened, but two dudes I don't think could find their setups or whatever panicked and grabbed like thirty pound setups. Oh no! Put it in the water, but hey, dude, this fish got landed. That was fine. Oh, Did they on thirty? Yeah, pounds? I was. Nice. I, I, I at one point I was like, just cut, cut it off. Like, we got enough fish <laughs> in the boat. I was like, and then he's like, I'm gonna do it. I was like, all right, whatever. And he landed it. That fish started like it oh. just. I, I think it died or tail wrapped or something. We got it in. I can't remember. That all blends in together. But yeah, yeah, man. The passport thing is a big like. If those guys didn't have passports, I would have said sorry, no dice. We're gonna have to stay outside. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. Don't be shy if you don't have a passport. Still book the trip. We'll still be able to get you on fish. Um, but it is pre- It's a great backup to have, especially with how our fishing's been the last five to six years. You're in an hour or two ride to save your day. If you're not, yeah. if you're not having it, or the people are just over it. <clears throat> I mean, this we had an overnight where the weather was bad. It was mm-hmm. really bad. It was way worse than what it was. <clears throat> talking to some guys on the dispatch and we had permits we slid right into the islands and saved our day in there caught, nice. caught some fish we already we had like a yellowfin or two on the boat and it was just getting really shitty their return clients from earlier in the season where they had sheet glass weather so uh, they had <laughs> <laughs> yeah they had like um they're paying for it yeah they had a yeah exactly they had way too nice of an experience the first time. <laughs> so and we slid behind the islands and anchored up and dude we had good fishing behind south island and it was it was great like they it made the trip being able to have that backup plan for sure. Fishing the Coronado Islands, it's kind of like its own experience to where, um, you know, people or the sport boats go for full day trips down there just to go explore the islands. But to do that, just to save an overnight trip and all that, having that capability, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm offering uh, islands overnights. Oh, people really? people forget that the legend had a full season run of only islands overnights. There's just because, like, the sport boats aren't having big hits on yellows down there or they're offshore, <clears throat> that day there was not – the day that we had good fishing, everyone was offshore fishing bluefin. There's still fish there. There's still a lot of fun fishing to ha- be had. It's a cool fishery. You put down there. You sleep. You hear the seals. You wake up. You're right near this big old rock in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and you slide through, and you have good fishing. Mm-hmm. Really good codding. Really good bass fishing. The yellowtail <clears throat> can – you know, yeah, there's days they don't want to, like, they don't want to eat. There's days where you can't keep anything away from them. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fun fishery. And if the conditions are right, you get that little football bluefin that are in there, that 10 to 25. That's where I caught my first bluefin on the pick down yeah. south I- off of South Island. You know, it's yeah. – That's a pretty that's cool where, experience. That's where a lot of people did back in the day. Like, that's that's stuff that – or that Baja Coast fishing. Like, we're doing mm. winter trips, day and a half. This year we're – 
in the yard. We're doing day and a half. Call net trips. Oh, I'll do call nets. I'll fish anywhere else. Like, yeah, I like that stuff. People mm-hmm. have like kind of you know, 2015 was like a premium call net year. Oh. Like, that was like that was, was a premium best. year to be just in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. God, if you bought a boat that year, you're making your money back in a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that fishing's fun. Mm-hmm. Local fishing's fun. You know. <clears throat> Hopefully this gets to the LA crew because like those LA guys still do that rockfish, lean cod, mm-hmm. hopefully yellowtail type yeah. stuff, which is great in winter. You know why wait all summer, all, all winter long to go for the summer, summer yeah. months? Not saying that summer months aren't great, but like, dude, you want to go fish and have some fun, t- t- fun with your buddies. Winter fishing can be really good, and there's no one around. So that's yeah. the better part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, book a trip. Well, you're gonna have a good time. Oh yeah, and, and the weather's not that bad. People think it's cold, but it's there's many days that are sheet glass in December and huh. 65 and sunny. I yes. was just about to say during the winter months, December, January. How many days did I look out there and it was just complete glass? Yeah, almost two still, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is premium conditions. Why right, didn't we have this right. like certain days? It's that fishing's fun. Mm-hmm. Go on a trip. Have fun. It's not our winter trips are you know they're the same price as our summers, but and we're fishing a little different type of stuff. But you're still gonna go home with a bag of fish. I'm not gonna take you on some exploratory bullshit like mm-hmm. whale watching trip. I'm gonna <laughs> put go you after on porpoise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, chicken of the sea, man. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, in the wintertime, we have that luxury being in San Diego where you can run down the islands during the wintertime after you know when everything's closed up. Yeah. In the U.S. side. Yeah, that too. We uh we didn't do any of those trips this year. We were in the yard for that. Yeah. Um, we will. If we we're, yeah we're gonna. So it sounds like twenty twenty two twenty three is going to be the year to be on your boat in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Winter's done. <laughs> it's spring now. Yeah. <laughs> so sure yeah, is. that's that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the time to do it. We'll do it then and and slide down there. I like fishing the Mexican coastline. Mm-hmm. There's so much coastline that people like don't fish anymore. That's really really good. Not only calling it. Do you like fishing bass? Dude. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Had to ask. I, yeah. <laughs> I like fishing bass. There's bass yeah. is probably one of uh, probably my favorite fish to fish for. Bass fishing on the pick is a crucial development for any Southern California angler. Picking bait, it's that's where it all started. You like yeah. if you're if you grew up in San Diego going out in the half day boats or whatever <clears throat> Or three quarter day boats before like our yellowtail fishing got really good. Like a lot of times you're fi- or you know sand bass and stuff. It's finding a good bait, picking it right, getting a good cast, and getting bit. Like you were you could stand out on those days on those boats fishing bass in the kelp line, pretty much learning you know the foundation of how to become a good tuna fisherman. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's super fun. It's light tackle. You got the chance of hooking into a gang fish. <clears throat> There's been many a times where we've been fishing bass. We've caught big white sea bass out of kelp, big yellows out of kelp, all that stuff. You know, you get sheephead every once in a while. Yeah. It's fun, and it's visual. It's great yeah. for kids. People like it. And a lot of the times, <clears throat> we have these guys that are Midwest, Arizona, different out-of-state people. They're used to catching largemouth and stuff, and they're not seeing it. Where these bass are going airborne, they're right behind the boat, and they're you can <laughs> pitch them baits and stuff. Yeah. You get barracuda swimming through, and then the bonito come through. You get that whole mix. It's it's just good, clean fun. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I end up fishing more than working on the on that type <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Seems like the progression of the year is like first bass in the winter time, then the rockfish opener, and then the yellowtail start to come out and play. You can kind of see it formulating for twenty two. Yes, absolutely. And I think you know, for the people that want to fish thresher sharks too, I've seen a couple around that stuff. The water temp just needs to get up. It did have a huge job the last couple of days, but like right when it hits that sixty three degrees, you find mm-hmm. yourself a good bait break with bait on it. You go, you're gonna have a chance to put a big T shark on there, which are awesome eating fish. Oh. Um, Delicious. You know, I guess another goal, going back to the goals, I want to get a damn swordfish. Oh. Yeah, I was working on a, filling in on a commercial boat here and there during the winter, just helping out, and I had the chance to stick one, and the thing sunk out at 10 yards, and I was pretty bummed, but oh. that's okay. I'll get you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go deep drop for him or whatnot. You know, there's yeah. a lot. There's endless goals. Yeah. Let's just beat hey. every other one. <laughs> hey, that could be another charter trip. Deep drop. Yeah, if you want to book it, you're more than welcome to. To be honest, I, I don't really want to. Do, I'm I am not proficient mm-hmm. in it. I don't. I haven't been successful in it, so I don't think I have the right to be running a trip for it. it. Sounds like a crew trip needs to go out and practice <laughs> that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I've been on a couple <laughs> crew trips. What's that phrase? Practice makes perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a, I've had two bites, two or three bites, something like that, where the bait's been mangled and just it didn't connect. I got uh, a couple friends that own a boat that's park in san diego bay and that's going to be their thing this year they're going to go deep drop and they want one this year bad it's you just got to put your time in yeah. and i haven't i've gone enough but not enough if that makes sense right and yeah i don't feel i don't f- feel right taking someone's money to go put them on i'm still not that i'm i'm still learning with every other fisher you constantly yeah. that's the best yeah. thing about this job but like i don't feel right taking someone like yeah we're doing swordfish trips like oh have you ever gone here no <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna try. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna take your money. It's like uh, yeah. that's a bad business plan, right there. It is. It is. So, yeah. Well, this but, has been fun, man. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you so much for coming on. I this appreciate is... you guys having me. It's a. It was a good time. It's a nice, easy drive up here. Yeah. yeah. Shop through traffic real easy. Absolutely. I think you guys have a good thing going here. It's nice. It's nice to have multiple, uh, multiple podcasts. You know, Cast and Crank, CCA mm-hmm. podcast, and our, you guys have this and. It's good. You know, the fishing industry, it's funny. It's the uh, it's the most busy, in a way, or, like, the most popular it's been. Like, look at look at how many – I guess I'm wearing my own shirt, but yeah. you're, wearing, yeah. you're wearing an AFCO shirt. Yeah. yeah. You're, I don't, you're wearing a Long Beach shirt. Yeah. You know, teams. like, you got Salty Crew, Salt Life. That's true. Uh, God, there's so many other brands, right? Yeah. It's fashionable now, but it's also a dying industry. Mm-hmm. And it needs – Unfortunately. Yeah. But why? It's a it. There's, you know, it's it's great. You look at I think it's Dana Dana Wharf or something. Mm-hmm. They got the after school program. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I used to go on Twilights when I was in high school and stuff. I used yeah. to know stuff. Hell yeah! Get kids into it. Have more more avenues for people to hear about fishing, learn about stuff. Just talk about it. There's every every genre of stuff. There's podcasts about it where you can listen to endless amounts of them. Yes. I mean, uh, I don't know if you listen to duck hunting podcasts. I do. Like, <clears throat> the list goes on. Right. There's mm-hmm. some good ones. There's some bad ones. Right now, there's three fishing podcasts. I guess Romans, too. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. three fishing podcasts. That's another guy for the kayak stuff. We should get him LinkedIn to do a kayak trip. But um, for <clears> sure. uh, the more it gets out there, the more avenues people can find their little niche and ideas that they like it. It's not all full blood and guts. Like, you can go catch spotties. And that's cool. Like, spotty mm-hmm. fishing's fun. 
Yes, you it can is. Go catch calico. That's cool. If you want to just be a yellowtail fisherman, that's awesome. If you want to be a bluefin guy, that's awesome. You want to go get cod? Cool. There's so many levels of fishing. Like, my girlfriend loves fishing. Some days she'll just be like, let's just go catch a couple of rockfish. Awesome. Other days she's like, I want to go down the islands, kill a little yelltail. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> That's even more awesome. Let's do it. Come on, Alex. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like there's so many different avenues and niches. Why aren't there more platforms like this for people to talk about fishing, shoot the shit, learn? Because if you're just a hermit, yeah, you're not mm-hmm. going to learn anything, and you're not going to get any better, and you're not going to do any service to anyone else trying to be in the industry. Right. So music to my ears, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh I'm excited. I think there's for a while the sport boat industry was a little rough and tough. Salty. Which I fucking love that. Like that's what it was like yeah. it was kind of like the, <laughs> the lore as a kid, like you're being on this boat and you're kinda of scared of the deckhands, but like they're really yeah. cool. They're really yeah. cool at yeah. the same time. You know, it was like it was, and you're going out in the ocean, like when I was a kid I just looked up to these dudes. Like, wow, these guys get to go do this every day? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's, you know, now it's it's become real customer service based and a little bit more friendly. You go on, if you're a return clientele, each crew member knows your name. If you don't have that going on your boat, you're lacking. Like, right. And it's a lot more welcoming. So why aren't there more ways for us to shoot the shit and bring in new people and talk? And Yeah. The more, the more people there are fishing, the better it is for all of us. 100%. And CCA is doing a huge part. Like, that's, dude, <clears throat> I mean, just with this whole carb thing, like, I was stressing. My girlfriend's dad is a is a commercial tuna sander. Like, he's been mm-hmm. in this industry. He started in Point Loma. He now runs out of Ecuador. Like, you know, wow. he's made his whole living off of off of fishing, right? And he was just like, I, I was talking to him about the carb. He's like, everyone didn't think the tuna industry was going to leave San Diego. We're, like, the world leader. He's like, look what happened. I, I work in Ecuador, you know? Yeah. He's like, it can happen here. You don't think like carb could go through. He's like, you just got to be proactive. Yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I listened to all those call-ins, which are just <laughs> a shit show. Uh, what, what a great way to like, what a great idea to go before like a family dinner and <clears throat> listen to those call-ins. Like the yeah. <laughs> call-in before <laughs> sitting down, you're supposed yeah. to have like a good conversation to get your blood boiling already. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's good. It's nice that we got a little win, but by no means is it done, you know? I mean, you still have 30-30, which, you know, you have the meat-eater guys who think it's good. Every state's different. I miss miss those guys. I I, I remember you bringing that up. Yeah, and uh, it it started making me think that, well, maybe it's different when it comes state to state. Maybe, (laughs) but I don't think it is. No offense to them. I don't know. Being public land guys, let's keep it public. You know, you guys have yeah. all this shirt. You have all these shirts of like you know BLM. We all own it and all that or whatever. Yeah, it's like where did that go for coastline and fisheries? Um, as a kid, you know, I grew up in Encinitas. I surfed seaside. The second I got my truck, I loaded my truck with a kayak, my surfboard, a couple rods, and a barbecue. And every single day, I was down there. And when the surf, the tide wasn't good, I went and fished the kelp beds right there. You can't fish there anymore. You can't fish the Cardiff Pipe. You can't fish Swamis. Encinitas is completely shut down. Half of La Jolla is shut down. Like, stuff that's yeah, just – and it's putting and we no, f- no fault to the researchers or whatnot, but I don't think their research was good. Uh, it's like you're just putting – Science pressure. model's bad. 
Yeah, you're putting pressure on smaller areas, way more pressure. They are like just open it up. We have we're the most regulated fishery ever, and we're mm-hmm. and and sustainability is shooting through the roof. Yeah, small boats like Seraspi Seafoods and uh, FB Plan V Plan B and Johnny G and the Tuna Dock Harbor guys and all those people that sell fish there. Go buy your fish there. All that stuff is super sustainable. We shut that down. You're gonna be ordering, you know, cold smoked nitrogen enriched tuna. That <laughs> yeah, d- it looks like a Big Mac that's been sitting out in the sun for ten days. It doesn't dissolve. Like, yeah, God, it's like we have such a good fishery right here, and that we can one keep local families employed, two cut down emissions worldwide if we're not shipping stuff through Indonesia and all yes. this other stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. and and three. Uh, keep our fishery alive where new generations can come, you know? Well, it's it needs to be done by through conservation and not preservation. Yeah. I'm right preservation there. is gonna ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Well I feel like you guys have said everything. I don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well well uh, you can kick it. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole thirty by thirty thing and some people think they understand it and they don't understand it. And I, I think I understand it, and I know I don't understand it. There's a lot that I do know, and there's a lot that I don't. Right. And I went on, like, a little Instagram rant one time, which is stupid. I don't <laughs> ever do that. But <laughs> I had some people, like, message me, and I, I found that when I tried to explain it and talk to them, I really didn't know what I was talking about. I was just mad because my one idea of, like, what I get to go do right. for fun was getting taken away from me. Yeah. Where, you know, you got to show up and be proactive in these things and and <clears> – <throat> You know, donate to the CCA so that we have a voice in SAC and all these other companies mm-hmm. and, and go to a meeting. Let's go one, listen in. Call one, in. One of my two seconds. One of my goals this year is to really get uh, get the membership up with CCA. Yeah. Because we are a, a, a membership-driven organization, and with with numbers comes power. I got to admit, I don't think I'm a member of CCA. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I know a guy. We can change that. I, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I think I thought I was, and I just because mm-hmm. I had a a, world, a Western Outdoor News, and I think they did uh, like a cross membership, right? If you bought one, you got Western Outdoor News prob- or whatever. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then I like went to like you know before this podcast to go see if I was a CCA member, so I don't huh? sound like a load of shit. <laughs> thank God I know someone sitting right next to me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but I told, I, for all this time, I was like, and, and you know, I'm a member. I'm being proactive all this time. <laughs> You know, nope. with that with that being said, uh, for those of you who don't know, CCA is not just a California thing. No, it's Coastal mm-hmm. Conservation. It's coastal yeah. Conservation Association. If there's a coastline, there's a chapter near you. Look what they're doing involved. in Texas. Texas is oh. they put, oh my god, they're killing it out there. So Steve is another big waterfowler. My deckhand Steve, mm-hmm. um, he's got family all in Texas. He goes out there every year. One of their good friends that they hunt with is <clears throat> one of the CCA guys out there. Yeah, I meant to know his name. You might. You know, you might have cross paths with them. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, the artificial reefs they're putting in and all this stuff. It's like, we, why can't we do that here? Why, why will California shelter, not yeah, okay. allow us to do that? Pr- premium example, Shelter Island boat launch, boat ramp. Yeah. They redid it. They took all those rocks. They had the idea to go do, to make underground reefs right out there, which would have been rad. You know? Yes. Okay, yeah, they would get built up with sand over time, but still that's a lot of rocks. You could have made a little artificial reef. No, we decided to chuck them over to Arizona and dump them in the desert. Yeah. Wow. What? Why couldn't you just 
do it there. What in there? You know, they said it was harmful in the environment. They've been sitting in the bay <laughs> yeah, <I don't> for <laughs> fifty years. What's harmful of it? The boat, the truck emissions is the same. Just because mm-hmm. you have def on it doesn't mean it does anything. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> we can go back and forth, but God. I mean, so we've been trying to paint this picture of where the fishermen, the fishing industry, and the community we're not the bad guys. No. We're not the bad guys. We're all, I mean, it's been said plenty of times, we're the original conservationists and all yep. that. Why would you ever want to take away something that is kind of your identity? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I, don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's my identity, but, like, if someone looked at me, like, from the outside, like, fisherman. You identify as a fisherman. Yeah, yeah, that's my gender. <laughs> that's your pronoun? That's my gender, yeah, pronoun. <laughs> all of those. <laughs> oh, fuck, I don't, I don't even know, dude. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like... Why would why would we want to dissolve what gives us so much joy and like you guys have a podcast you have yeah. a job because of it what about I, you as a I business have, owner yeah you know? I'm, like, I'm a small <laughs> yeah business I want to like, I want to kill everything out there and I just don't want a business no more don't get me wrong <laughs> I get I get eyes of red and I'm like kill them all but yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's but you know once we hit our legal limit that's where we we chill out and mm-hmm. that's why they're there and we can go back year after year well it's like come on. so right there that's that's the thing where We've got management systems already in place with the Fish and Game Commission, PFMC, oh. and all that, to where they're they're clearly working. Where if one species is taking a dip, we don't have to shut it all down. If we just yeah. lower the limits just a little bit for a year or two, yeah, that'll pop up. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, last I mean, look year, at Picaccio, like yeah, fucking flea cod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong; they're cool. Those bucket mouths pay my bills, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, they had a limit on them. Now that's like it was. You couldn't get through them. The reds are booming this year. Oh yeah. I don't know what what happened or what's going on. If it's because of all that chubby and shallow, but like, dude, we need to get on a trip here real soon. I don't care if yeah. it's a day trip. I, yeah, I'm you itching should. bad. You guys can come down, cruise down on the boat. We'll Let's go do f- it. We'll go fish. You know the fishery is good. Mm-hmm. The bass fishing's good. The amount of bass I saw the other day flipping when we were fishing was just like absurd. Granted, they're all like 13 and a half inches but <laughs> whatever maybe two more years they'll finally be legal size yeah you know but that's that fisheries bouncing back all hey this, all this stuff's bouncing back a couple years ago that would have been legal size yeah yeah at 12 inches yeah yeah that was cool but <laughs> you know. well I, I think with you know take example for the carb deal there was no I don't think the fleet was really fighting against those tier four motors and all that stuff we were fighting against implementing that in such a t- short time frame yeah Everyone short time frame and 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 really no, no wiggle safety. room yeah no safety no wiggle room it was this is what you're gonna do it's like we're gonna take all gasoline away or all you know all gas and all diesel away and you have to be electric well that's not gonna work and you know just yeah. like you say everyone's got to go to tier four it's like that's not gonna work you know mm-hmm. i'm sorry you you can't you can't try to mix old technology with this we can't even build new sport boats in california yeah. for the with the price of materials how do you expect us to get an engine that's going to be qualified and let's just think about something the fishing industry has a lot of money back in. there's some guys who own some very expensive boats they go all around the world move their boats around there's a lot of guys in florida that go over there and there's guys that do tournament circuits and some of them come and keep their boats here or the large yachts come and keep their boats here to get work on do you think they're going to come into san diego or california if we're not allowed to have those engines, and they're probably going to have to pay for some stupid registration sticker. Yep, that's not going to happen. If we can't be working, it's going to cut down on so many jobs and so many other avenues. 
It's like dropping a well, rock in, in a pool. So ripple, you, ripple, ripple. You bring that portion up where um, people are not going to bring their boats here to get worked on because of that. Mm-hmm. It hasn't stopped the I'm gonna you know non-compliant trucks coming into California. We get yeah. them from we get them from Mexico yeah. all day long. They come in from Arizona, Nevada. Yeah, nobody right. nobody is policing it. That's right. the problem. So if you were a California-based business, yeah, and you went out and spent millions of dollars to either update your fleet or buy new, who? What's the, really what's, what, yeah. Why? Why? What's the difference when you have all these guys? Shit, maybe I'll just register my boat as Oregon. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, and then they, they, they're always saying, well, you know, after a certain year, these trucks aren't going to be able to be registered. They're still running with tags on them. They're still going. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. with the 30 by 30, I know just a little bit of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know just enough kind of selfishly what it would affect me. And I'm kind of not, not trying to not pay attention to it, but just adapt and keep going like i don't want to dwell like we're screwed we're screwed you know and just yeah. like working yourself up when nothing's set in stone yet we kind of got like a nice little you know we have a battle one we haven't won the war yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have yeah. some runway man yeah everyone's really excited about this but you gotta look at the big picture it's not it's gonna come back again exactly yeah and and kind of to finish up my point where you know, no one's against, especially us, no one's against upgrading to a Tier 4 motor or t- or just cleaner cleaner burning engines. No, but, like, help us that. out here. Yeah. You know, just, like, how much subsidies you give farmers and stuff, like, in other, other, other industries, and like, other industries that probably don't deserve it. Well, do farmers really get a subsidy here in California? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, no. do, I don't care what, no. what, uh, it, what I, it is. Yeah. They're... I think, yeah, that's right. We're not going to get any federal funding for this because it's a California thing. But, like, it's just like, man. like you, yeah, They're you, screwing the farmers just as much as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You think we're going to – we're going – we're a small margin business anyways. Yeah. You think I have a massive, like, backlog of savings built up? No, not mm-hmm. in California. The guys that are d- done well in this industry have been in it at a long time. and Yeah. Put a little nut away. Put a little nut away. Put a little nut away till you have your whole winter, you know, storage right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, <clears throat> and that's for you to live off of for the rest of your life. Not to at the end of it. Oh God, I can't sell my boat now because no one's gonna want this boat because they're gonna have to repower it, and I don't have the money to repower it. So what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna take it as a wash. Like that sucks. That after yeah. your whole life of working that hard, which I hope it doesn't happen. Luckily, we have another twenty years till it becomes like, you know, yeah, real implemental, but. We have time for that technology to come up. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the first rounds of stuff is never great. If they can figure out an engine that burns cooler, that won't burn my boat down. Well, that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's the problem is that it won't burn. They're going to have – it's no. got to burn hotter to make sure everything's burnt. Could you imagine if they exhaust. made us have def, too, on these boats? Like, I have a 31-gallon tank in my truck. I have a 2,500, and it's got two-and-a-half-gallon def tank. Imagine mm-hmm. some of these yachts that, you know. Thousand gallons, oh, yeah. fifteen hundred gallons, five thousand gallons. That's a big def tank, and that def burns quick. <laughs> that's just that's crazy. Yep. So, wow. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, dude. Thank yeah, you man. so much. Yeah. I know we kind of <laughs> dove all into over a the huge place. Rapple, <laughs> rabbit that's, hole. Last hey, that's all right. We can we can bounce around and dive down the rabbit hole as much as we want. Yeah, we can. It. Hey, but th- that's what this podcast is about. So exactly. It's all good. Yeah. Dude, this has been awesome. Tell us one more time. How do we book a trip with you? How do we get on the Jerry A? Yeah, so 
You can call me direct at 760-992-4081. You can also go to our website, which is apsportfishing.com. There's a book direct button on there. It also has my contact info. You can look at the trip descriptions. And then, you know, there's a couple other third-party sites that I'm up on. If you come across them, don't, don't be shy to book on it. The best and easiest and most personalized would be through the website, which is apsportfishing.com. Perfect. Yeah. And if you don't can't remember that, AP Sport Fishing on Instagram, send me a DM. I'll send you all the info. Excellent. Excellent, man. Darren, you got any anything else? Uh, just a reminder, let's get our uh, social media up to 500, 500 followers. We have a Okuma Komodo 200 for a giveaway. Ooh. So Perfect for your bass fishing on the chair. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So let's get that going. Get this podcast up there. Excellent. Well, Hill, once again, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. We'll have to go fishing soon, too. Oh, we'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Guys, as a reminder, make sure to visit our website at doctalkpodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Get us to 500 likes at podcast.doctalk. And uh, also just a fantastic episode with our good buddy, Hale. That's it for this week. We will see you guys next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much.